Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Everything But Niche. So uh, if you guys saw on TikTok that last two weeks I was not available to do podcasts and I really just wanted to take like a break um, from social media from like everything Uh, I did end up posting on TikTok after a few days though but I didn't bring my computer to be able to um, record an episode which is fine you know right like everything in divine timing so this break was good uh, but I was excited to uh, to start um, doing these episodes for you guys again and I took like notes of everything that I wanted to talk about um and before like we dive into this episode which uh we're going to talk about hyper independence a lot and about self-worth and self-love self-concept like all of that that comes together right um when it comes to manifestation and when it comes to living in your desired reality so we're going to talk about all of that but before we get there I want to just make a little note about Hawaii and how it was and like my goal going to Hawaii was always um for spiritual purpose so like I felt called to the island um very much and I know that like the energy on the island is very high so my goal was to get there and journal and meditate and release and thankfully that's exactly what I did um every single day I would journal every single day I would connect with myself and I went alone right so like I was by myself most of the time I met some new people met some new friends of course and um these people were all like on my path for for certain reasons that I had things to learn from them as as well and through this spiritual vacation I was also able to tap into my psychic powers a lot more and into my uh, psychic abilities a lot more too so all of that like with uh, all the release that I was able to to go through I also like took a lot of information and connected a lot with like I said with my psychic abilities and I I realized that um, more and more my purpose is to help people awaken and is to help guide you guys through uh, the awakening and to to help you guys through all the stages of the awakening, right? So like um, whether it is releasing trauma, uh, transmuting energy, alchemy, uh, manifestation, uh, detachment, whatever it is, healing, inner child healing, inner teenage healing, relationship healing, whatever it is that it is like, you know, energetically and karmically um, uh, working, I'm here to guide you guys guys through that and like I said it's it's become very clear that this is my purpose and I am working on certain things for you guys specifically like on uh, courses and digital content that will help you guys navigate through your spiritual awakening and through certain trauma certain triggers that you may have uh, of course keep in mind I am not a licensed therapist or a licensed doctor or specialist or any of the sort I am just well just it's still very powerful but I am an intuitive and um Uh, psychic coach so it is going to be different it's going to be different type of learning it's going to be different guidance it's going to be mostly truthful and honest and earlier when I said like you know I'm just this but it's just because society like requires a diploma right to be able to do certain things and to say certain things and for protection and I understand it and they're right you know like there are some people who don't have uh, pure intentions towards healing others and towards uh, being a health practitioner or um, therapist or whatever it is so I understand and I I agree with the the diploma and I also don't want to discredit all the information that and all the knowledge that uh, therapists gain through 
years of college and of education. So like I'm absolutely not discrediting discrediting anybody. My job is different than that of a therapist in the sense that like I do more with intuition and with uh, my psychic abilities. I'm able to help you guys energetically more so than just uh, from from the books, right? So like it's two different types of learning. Both are very important. I think uh, therapy is still very important and still very helpful because. Uh, that's a friend of mine. He told me uh, years ago when I started therapy, he was telling me that therapy just helps to kind of like take the cloud away. So like you have that cloud on top of your head and just it helps to kind of like move that cloud so that you can look at the sun and see this, see the situation in front of you with more clarity. And I agree with it. And I, and I totally, uh, totally agree with it. So just a small disclaimer, therapy is just as important if you want to do the courses, if you want to listen to me, to my TikToks, to my content, all of that, and go to therapy at the same time, please do it. It's the best combination I find because you have the intuitive coach and then you have therapy. You can do each of them alone too and you're going to have the same results, absolutely. But I feel like if you do intuitive with therapy together, like it can even um, help on a different uh, on a different level too and maybe like you're going to start therapy and then you're going to start uh the intuitive coaching and then you're going to stop intuitive coaching and go to therapy or stop therapy and go just to intuitive uh, to, to intuitive coaching whatever you feel is right for you and whatever you feel is right for your path is the right path for you that's what I strongly believe in and um yeah so this was a very long disclaimer thank you for staying let's dig in <laughs> All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk about hyper-independence, how to kind of like get rid of hyper-independence, how to deal with hyper-independence, where it comes from. We're going to take a look at it uh, a little bit deeper. And then as well, we're going to link it with, you know, self-concept, self-worth, self-love, which it comes all together, right? Um, So hyper-independence, what is it first and foremost? So hyper-independence is when you have to do yourself, you have to do everything yourself, like literally everything yourself. You you cannot, like you accept help from other people, but you feel guilty about it. You don't like it. You feel uncomfortable. You start feeling ashamed of asking for help. You start feeling like a burden for asking for help. When people help you, you feel like you kind of like owe them a favor. You owe them for them helping you. Um, You try to do everything yourself, even if you don't have the time, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the strength, the education, the knowledge, whatever it is, you try to do it yourself and you try to gain all the knowledge and education that you can by yourself uh, in order to reach your goal. Um, one example, even like for me, for example, I uh, like I went to, to college, I got well, CEGEP here in Montreal, it was two years and then after that I went to university and uh, in university after the first day I was like, you know what, like and I was in university in marketing. So I said, you know what, like, fuck it. I don't, I don't want to, to do that. I'm going to learn by myself about marketing. <laughs> so, uh, of course there was the finances that came with it. And the fact that I had to drive, uh, to drive, to take the, the bus and the Metro and train to go to university. So that's, that didn't help, um, me wanting to stay in university, but the hyper independence kind of like kicked in where I was like, you know what? I don't need anybody and I don't need teachers. I'm going to learn by myself. Uh, Hyper independence can also be masked like under high confidence. So when you're extremely confident in yourself and your abilities, you're going to kind of be a little bit hyper independent because you have like that God complex confidence, you think, and you truly believe that you can do everything yourself. So you end up really not depending on anybody and you achieve a great lot. I, like hyper-independence, I think, is a trauma response that was most beneficial for me for a while. It no longer is, and I no longer have it. Actually, I'm working through it uh, towards the end of it, but um, 
it's it helped me achieve a lot of things and it helped me gain a lot of knowledge a lot of education as well so like it helped me a lot and it can help you a lot to be hyper independent which is why i think it's one of the responses that might be um the hardest to let go of because when you've been hyper independent for a long time and you've seen like you saw what you achieved and what you were able to achieve over the years it becomes hard because you're like why would i want to give that up when it's been helping me for so long like to get to where I'm at. Um, and my answer is very, very simple. And it's just, you deserve a life of ease. You deserve to stop struggling. You deserve to have some time for yourself. Because if you are hyper independent in everything that you do, um, you're going to end up breaking yourself in half, uh, trying to achieve all those things. Because there's always going to be something that you can do. There's always more that you can do. There's always more that you can gain knowledge on. There's always more responsibilities that you can that you can run after. And the thing with hyper-independence is that, um, and as well as with the confidence, is that you get bored very easily. Because once you become um, accustomed to doing something, there's that part of hyper-independence that's, that's like addicted and dependent on struggle. Because that's the hyper-independence. There's a struggle, there's a problem, I bring a solution. I'm the one bringing the solution. So when there's no more problems, you're going to create problems in order to bring solutions. So it's a vicious cycle where you just continue adding on to your plate in order for you to feed your hyper-independence and to feed your, uh, your need to solve solutions and to validate yourself by being hyper-independent and by telling yourself that I'm able to do this by myself. And of course, energetically speaking, you're, that means that you're in divine masculine energy, right? And that's regardless of uh, which gender you you relate to. It's just it, we all have divine masculine, divine feminine energy inside of us. And the goal is to reach that balance, that yin and yang to coexist together, right? With both energies and find balance within both energies. So someone who is very hyper independent are very in their hyper masculine and they're very wounded in their feminine energy because they need to be uh, to control. They need, they're insecure in their activities. They're insecure in their abilities. They're, uh, they have imposter syndrome, whatever that is, right? So which all of that feeds into the hyper independence. So someone who is very hyper independent and in their wounded feminine and masculine, because they're very high in their masculine and very, they're lacking in their divine feminine energy, then they're going to attract people who respond and who mirror their own hyper-independence. And mirroring doesn't mean that that person is hyper-independent as well. It can also mean that because you are hyper-independent, you are bringing in in relationships, let's say like even platonic and romantic, both actually, you will attract relationships where you're going to have the need to do everything. You're going to feel like you have to do everything because that other person will not be doing anything because it's your energy, right? So like, like attracts like. So if you are hyper-independent, you're going to attract people who are going to be, who are going to benefit from your hyper-independence because with hyper-independence as well, yes, of course, there's the fact that you're doing everything by yourself and you don't ask for help from anybody, but there's also other little trauma responses that come with it. So the fear of abandonment, people-pleasing, the fear of rejection, the the God complex of having to always create find solutions for everything, and you're going to take on other people's problems as well as your own. Because as a hyper-independent, again, some of the trauma responses that come from it, you're going to feel the need to take on other people's problems and to find solutions because you're the hyper-independent in the relationship. You have to fix the relationship. You have to fix whatever is happening uh, in the relationship, in your life and in, in their life. You feel responsible for that, depending on how deep you are in your hyper-independence, of course. If you're very, very deep into it, then the, those 
responses and those triggers become heavier and heavier. The more healed you are, you start like being aware of uh, how you respond to trauma, how you respond to problems, how which relationship, relationships you have around you. So you start healing your wounded masculine and wounded feminine energy, and you're able to step out of that, right? So um, of course, take, take it as it resonates, take it as uh, what works for your life and your current level of hyper-independence. Again, there are extremes and there are just small amounts of uh, of uh, hyper-independence. So yeah, so you're going to attract those types of relationships. But the thing is that when you're in a relationship, you don't want to be hyper-independent. Because as as humans, as beings, as souls, when we get into a relationship, platonic or, or romantic, when we have relationships around us, we want to feel supported. We want to feel like we have support at least 1% of the time. But how can you receive support during those times where you need them? Because everybody needs support sometime even if you don't want to admit it. You can be hyper-independent 99% of the time. There's that 1% of you that sometimes, that one time you need support and you need someone to be there for you. But how can you ask other people to be there for you if you taught them that you're hyper-independent and you taught them that you don't need them? Because, and that's one thing about hyper-independence that I realized is that you're not allowing your friends to be your friends by being hyper-independent. You think that you're helping them by doing everything yourself and by not putting your burdens on them, but you're not giving them the opportunity to be the best friend that they could be for you. You're not giving them their opportunity to be the best boyfriend to be for you. You're not giving them the opportunity to be there for you the way that they want to be there for you. And there are some people who are going to stick around and they're going to stay. But there are also some people who are going to give up. They're going to be frustrated with it. They're going to think that you don't like them. They're going to think that they're, you're not a good friend or that they're not a good friend. And therefore, they're going to leave because they think that they're not providing for you or that they can't provide anything for you. And I get it. Sometimes, you know, it's their problem. I get it. But in this particular situation, because of hyper-independence, you could lose out on some really great friendships because of it. Because you don't want to communicate vulnerably with your friends, because you don't want to communicate issues with them vulnerably, you just take it on yourself. And again, it can be just as simple as you have a fight with your friend and because you have the fight being hyper independent, you kind of like close up on yourself, you go hermit mode and you tell yourself that you're going to fix it yourself. You're going to fix the relationship yourself. So you start doing a lot of introspection, which is good. You do a lot of introspection, but you never communicate it with them. So you don't vulnerably tell them that, hey, listen, you hurt me. By doing that, you hurt me. And it's like it's hurtful for me to go through this and to go through this alone, especially seeing that you're not going through these emotions. I'm alone going through these emotions. So in our friendship, that's, you know, that's how resentment is built as well. Because you just keep everything inside and you feel like you have to fix, fix the relationship yourself, but you don't have to fix it yourself. You could just communicate it with the person. You you could just communicate and tell them and be like, hey, listen, vulnerably, I need your help in this. I need you to communicate to me. I need to understand what's going on inside your brain so that I can understand it as well. Because again, hyper-independence can be just as well you trying to figure out what the other person is thinking just to save yourself from the drama and from the the communication with them, from the conversation with them. Because if you conversate with them, you admit to yourself and to them that you're having issues, that you have problems finding solutions. And as a hyper-independent, you can't do that, right? So I want you to start looking at hyper-independence differently than you normally do. And I want you to look at hyper-independence as something that is external of you. That's the first step. Because we find so much peace 
and comfort in our hyper-independence. We believe so much that hyper-independence is so good for us because it has helped us achieve a lot and it has helped us from getting hurt a lot of times and it has helped us be the person that we are. So like we can find identity in our hyper-independence, but hyper-independence is a trauma response, period. There's good that comes from it, just like any trauma response and just like anything really, there's always good that comes out of it, always. And you can always transmute energy for it to be positive rather than negative. So absolutely, I I give that to you. But it doesn't mean that you have to make it your identity. You can be independent and hyper-independent in certain areas. You can keep the the tools and the the knowledge that you gained from your hyper-independence. But it doesn't mean that you have to be hyper-independent in your connections, in your relationships, in your vulnerability, in your spirituality either. Be hyper-independent for the good things. But the, the things that make you feel isolated, lonely, secluded, that are there for protection, for ego protection, more than anything, for ego protection, those things you do have to let go of, those things you have to to release them from your identity because they are not part of who you are. As humans, as souls, as beings, we're made to connect, we're made to love, we're made to support one another. And there was actually a poem that I read, uh, I think it was on TikTok, where it said, as humans, we are made to be burdens. We are made to burden our loved ones with our emotions, with our hurt, with our problems. We are made, burden has such a negative sound to it and such a negative uh, connotation to it, but it's actually such a positive thing. I'm allowing my friends to come in and help me with my burdens. And I love hearing about my friends' burdens so that I can help. I love helping them through their burdens and being a support to them. I love being a supportive friend. And if you do feel like you love being a supportive friend and being that hyper-independent that finds solutions, they want that too. You have to allow them to do that for you. You have to allow them to to be there for you. And another thing that you can do as well to, to help you is to start small. Start depending on others for small things and things that you know are not going to disappoint you. And if they do disappoint you, just be ready to deal with it. It's all about setting the right intentions. You have to live intentionally. And in order for you to live intentionally, you have to to set your mind to both outcomes. So let's say that you're you're hyper-independent and you never ask anybody for help, right? So like, let's say that you're you're going to work in the morning and you want to test your hyper-independence. So you text your best friend at work and you're like, listen, like, you know that they're always going for coffee. So you text them, hey, can you grab me a coffee as well on the way? Or they ask you, hey, do you want a coffee? And usually you say no, but this time, even if you don't want that coffee, you're going to say yes. So you accept the coffee. You accept one small thing. You give them your coffee order and you have to be ready for both outcomes. You have to be ready for them to either not bring you the coffee or get you the wrong order. And you have to be ready for them to get the order right and to get to bring you your coffee. All right. So you have to be willing to go through both and you have to intentionally go through the action and and prepare yourself and be like, okay, if they don't, if they disappoint me and they don't bring me my coffee, this is what I'm going to do. If they do bring it to me, this is what I'm going to do. This is a way of manipulating your brain to go through the hyper-independence to kind of like trick it into thinking that it's safe. Because part of hyper-independence is to to have solutions, right? And to always be one step ahead. So you're being one step ahead by tricking your brain into thinking that you're being hyper-independent in this situation by asking for help. This is you being hyper-independent by being, by asking for help because you have the outcome already laid out in front of you and you have, you planned your emotions for after. So you're tricking your brain into fixing your hyper-independence by using the benefits of the hyper-independence. 
which is always being one step ahead, right? This is one of the, the benefits of it. This is one of the positive things that I think is good from it. So you use that to your advantage to trick your brain into fixing your hyperindependence, right? So now you have both outcomes. And let's say that she comes in and she gives you your coffee and she gives you, um, she gives you your coffee, the order, everything is right, everything is good. You're going to be grateful. You're going to be thankful. But you do have to work towards you wanting to owe her something. So that needs to be part of your intention. She gets it right. Now I'm going to journal. And I want you to journal. I want you to journal. How do I feel about that? How do I feel truly inside? I feel uncomfortable. Why, why do I feel uncomfortable? Where do I feel the discomfort? Why do I feel uncomfortable with her giving me this? And then dig deep. Is it your self-worth? Do you feel worthy of receiving that cup of coffee? Why do you not feel worthy of receiving that cup of coffee? Why, why are you scared of what she's going to think about you for asking for help for coffee? Why are you scared of that external? And then you start digging. And that's when you start like kind of like taking away from the hyper-independence and digging deeper and deeper into your shadow and digging deeper and deeper into your emotions to see where is that hyper-independence coming from? Why am I so addicted to hyper-independence? How can I be more in my divine feminine of receiving? Maybe I have a problem with receiving. Let's fix that next. So there's layers to all the trauma, right? So like this is we're working through the hyper-independence. And now let's say you, it goes to the second outcome where uh, she doesn't bring you your coffee, or she forgets it, or she gets the, the wrong order. So it's a small disappointment. There's that part of your brain that automatically is going to think, see, I can't depend on anybody. And it's going to start talking to you, that overthinking brain and thoughts, they're going to start speaking to you and they're going to start telling you, you see, I told you, you shouldn't have allowed her to bring you your coffee. You shouldn't trust anybody. This is not good for you, et cetera, et cetera. So when that happens, part of your of your intentions for that outcome needs to be, again, journaling. You need to journal. Why do you automatically general, generalize everything? How can you show empathy towards the other person for that cup of coffee, for forgetting the cup of coffee? How can you show forgiveness towards them? How can you show them love? Put yourself in their shoes. Why might have they forgotten about it? It's not, it's not about you. And I want you to really take that focus away from you. It's not because you're not a priority. It's not because you're not important. You take that away. You focus solely on that person and showing empathy towards that person. Why, why could have they forgotten it? And this again helps you to step out of yourself and to take, to stop taking things personally when they disappoint you because you're not focusing on yourself. You're not putting the blame on you for her for getting your coffee. You're putting yourself in her shoes and being like, okay, maybe she was busy. Maybe she has this problem. Maybe she has that. So you're focusing on her because it's her. She forgot it. It has nothing to do with you. She didn't do it on purpose. She forgot it because there's something going on in her life. So you step away from yourself. You step away from taking it personal. You step away from being hurt by the action. You can still be hurt, journal about it, but you're not making it an identity. You're not making that hurt an identity. You're stepping out of it and you're focusing on her, showing her empathy. And then you keep having these, uh, these homework. You keep doing these things continuously until slowly, slowly, the outcome is always going to be positive. You start testing people around you too to be able to see, okay, can I depend on them for this? Are they dependable for big things or for small things? If I need big help, who do I trust most with? And you start testing the people around you slowly, slowly. And by text, testing them, again, like it has such a negative connotation, but it's, it's not negative. You're testing them for yourself, for your own peace of mind, to know where you're putting these people. Because someone can be a very great friend, but they, they might not be there for you in the big times. Maybe because they're busy, they have a lot going on in their head already, they have their, their own problems, they're always traveling. You can't depend on somebody to always be there for you when they're always traveling, right? That's not fair to you. That's not fair to them. 
you're setting expectations that are are higher than what they can give you. And that's also one thing. You have to set the right expectations for every person that's around you, romantic or platonic. You have to, to set the right expectations based on what they show you. And it has nothing to do with loving or not loving them. It's just you set the right expectations based on what they show you, not the little expectations, not what you want them to be. You might want them to be there for you, but they might not be able to right now. So you have to be to set the expectation to them not being there for you right now. And then after that, it comes back to you. You have to choose, do I want these types of people in my life or not? Do I want a partner who is not able to be there for me? Or is that part of my standard? I want to have a partner that is able to be there for me, regardless of the situation, small or big. Do I want all my friends to be there for big things? Or do I just want one friend to be there for the big things? Do I want all my friends to be there for small things? Or do I want one person to be there for small things? That's where you start like learning more about yourself as well. And by learning more about yourself, learning more about your surroundings, the people that you have around you, you're creating a safe bubble around you. Because your hyper-independence is just you wanting to be safe. So you're being your own safety because you think that you can't trust people around you. If you can't trust people around you, I'm going to be blunt. Change the people that you have around you. Simple. But before you do all this change, try to heal through your hyper-independence. Work through your hyper-independence and try to see if the people around you really are trustworthy or not. Some of them might be, some of them might not be. Those who aren't, get rid of them. Those who are, keep them close and build with them. And this way, it's going to be much easier for you to have long-lasting connections, to have the right people around you as well. Because again, when you're hyper-independent, you attract people who take because you're a giver, you're a doer. So they're going to take. So as you heal your hyper-independence, you might lose people. It's not because you're hyper-independent or because you're healing your hyper-independence that you're losing people. So that means that it's not that you healing your hyper-independence is bad. It has nothing to do with it. You healing your hyper-independence is the best thing that you could ever do for yourself and for your community and for your friends and for your boyfriend, spouse, whoever it is, girlfriend, whoever it is. All right? So that being said, I spoke very fast during this podcast because I'm very passionate about it, but I do hope that it helped. Try these exercises. Really, like it's, it's a quick podcast episode because I had to get it out there and um, it's just do the small homework. Do the small homework. It's there to bring you awareness so that you can realize and start doing the shadow work, start journaling and working through your hyper-independence. It's very... Um, I was going to say easy, but it's not easy to heal it. It's just, it becomes easier if you set the right intentions and if you move towards your goal and if you move towards your purpose, which is to heal that hyper-independence. Every action that you take is going to be to, to be to bring you closer to healing. So if you focus on the healing more so than the discomfort that you have through healing, it's going to be much easier for you to reach your goal. I really do hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I will be continuing weekly episodes. So now we're Wednesday. Next Monday, I'll be doing an episode and I'll be continuing like every single Monday doing episodes for you guys for uh, everything but niche podcast. And if you want to have more daily updates, you can follow me on TikTok, maybe Aaliyah1 with the number one. So M-A-Y-B-E-A-L-E-O one (laughs) with the number uh i went into full-on spelling i wanted to quit midway through but i was like i started so i have to keep going um so you can find me on tiktok or there's also my website if you guys want personalized readings i have some available spots left for uh well now end of september i have a few for october i have spots available so if you want personal readings if you want spiritual coaching if you want life coaching everything is available on my website etherealbloomshop.com and uh, if not, always you can find me on Instagram, Sarah Anton with two A's before the H. 
or on this podcast next week. So I hope you guys really did enjoy it. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week. And I hope that you guys get started on healing your hyper-independence. We got this.